Time marches on and leaves behind those who are not equipped for tomorrow. We cannot predict what will happen in the future, but we at Regent University aim to prepare you for it. With world-class professors and over 150 programs, the opportunities to find success in your field are many. So don't let tomorrow pass you by. The journey to your brightest future begins here. Visit regent.edu slash learn more. It's a Friday. I'm so happy that it's Friday. I really am because it brings us that much closer to Thanksgiving. I'm excited about Thanksgiving. I really am. I'm looking forward to it. Uh, Looks like my niece and her husband are uh, going to show up from uh, just a little bit south of Austin. I'm looking forward to seeing them. They're riding their Harleys up. So I'm looking forward to seeing them. And uh, I haven't seen my niece in gosh it's been years and Heidi guess what her name is just take a guess just take a wild guess you know no it's not Heidi okay her name she's named after me her name is Dave Ann and so like I'm her favorite uncle so I'm looking forward to seeing her I really really am I'm I'm really looking forward to her. I don't think I've seen her since she was 17 years old and that would be probably i'm I'm just saying 30 years maybe i mean i've talked to her we've talked on the phone we've you know conversed over facebook uh we've texted each other but we just haven't been able to see each other it's been tough for her to get away and uh, as you know, with the job that I have, tough for me to get away at times. And so we just haven't been able to make things uh, get together. Now, this is the daughter of my uh, brother, Don, who lives in Gillette, uh, Wyoming. Uh, he's got two uh, twin sons, Robert and Richard, both who served in the military, one in the Air Force, uh, one in the Army. Uh, one who came within an eyelash of uh, of being, uh, you know, with Delta Force, and got hurt on the the like the last week of training, but went on to do a lot of different things, uh, what we would call black ops kind of stuff. You know, if he talked to you about him, he'd have to kill you. But the bottom line is that, uh, you know, he did that kind of work. And uh, I've seen both of them. I've seen Robert probably the latest. It would have been a couple of years ago uh, when my uh, granddaughter graduated from high school. And uh, she is getting married in January now. So she didn't wait long to hook some guy. She got <laughs> she. She's got herself, got herself a future husband. 
but I, and I and I'm heading down to San Antonio for that. But enough of that. I'm just looking forward to sitting down and having Thanksgiving with part of my family that I haven't in a long time. And uh, you know, one of my sons will be there with his son, his three sons, so three uh, grandkids that I got. So I'm looking forward to that as well. And it's going to be a fun day. So uh, am I cooking? This is the second Thanksgiving I haven't cooked. And I'm getting ready to talk to the one of the the, the state's greatest cooks in just a moment. And she probably is ready to tan my hide when I say I'm not cooking because she knows how much I like to cook and especially how much I like to bake. But uh, I'm doing the Kroger thing again this year. I'm doing the prime rib and all of that. And they're cooking it for me. And last year was the first time I did it. And it was it was fantastic. So we're going to give them another try. Next year, I think, uh, since the family's going to be around and uh, COVID-19 is going to be done, and everybody, hopefully and everybody will decide that they, they want to get out again, uh, I'll cook the turkey and all the trimmings and do that as well. But today, I'm excited. Cat uh, Robinson joins us from Tie-Dye Travels. Cat, we haven't talked uh, on the air in probably a year. Gosh, kind of co- it coincides with this whole COVID-19 thing that's been going on. It it has been insane. Um, but there's been a lot of changes because of uh, the pandemic response. Uh, uh, and uh, my direction's kind of changed because of that. Um, let's just say 2020 has been a very interesting year for food writing here. <laughs> I can only imagine. I Seriously, I can only imagine. The last time we talked, uh, AETN was uh, was doing stuff with you, and you had already filmed a little bit. And uh, I was really excited for you because I thought you were really going to, you know, your books have sold well. Uh, and, I, you know, you, you, you come on the air and people love to listen to what you have to tell them about food in, in our wonderful state. And I thought you were just getting ready to make you're going to get the big time. I thought the Food Channel would be calling you and, and giving you like a weekend <laughs> a weekend show or something. But alas, COVID nineteen. It it has uh, definitely changed things. Um, that being said, I've been very fortunate to have one television show so far, uh, a special called Home Cooking with Cat and Friends, that uh, Arkansas PBS uh, put together with me. Um, and it was, yeah, you know, I come out of television. I, I spent uh, 12 years in television uh, before I started writing professionally. And um, my time was well spent there uh, back this past May. I I had a very odd experience. I was my own camera person, uh, producer, makeup artist, and of course host for for this show in a where everything was um, thrown together completely no contact. Um, We made arrangements by Zoom. I spent two weekends recording segments in my kitchen and then contacting different uh, chefs and home cooks to uh, record things on their cell phones, and we put it all together for the special for uh, Home Cooking, which uh, first aired on June 2nd. We're hoping to do more of them. Um, It's been a lot of wait and see. (laughs) It really hasn't. Let me just tell you, the Prairie Woman has nothing on you. I don't don't understand why 
she's as big as she she is and with all the things that you've written and all of the culinary information that you have you haven't been able to break through i just i i can never understand that part of our business (laughs) well part of it i think it's because i focus um i focus on home I focus primarily on Arkansas because I feel that our state's culinary scene is woefully underrepresented um, across the nation. And part of what I do behind the scenes that uh, a lot of people don't see is uh, I spend a lot of time contacting different publications across the United States, not only to uh, sell articles, which I've done for years, but to also try to drive some interest in Arkansas food and in our culinary highways and byways. We have so many here. Um, we have unusual items, sure, but we also have this fantastic, friendly state that is full of uh, different culinary traditions, depending on the section of the state you're in. We also get lumped into Southern cooking, but we're not just Southern or Midwestern. We're very much a crossroads uh, of some of the great cooking styles, and we've, we've developed our own. Um, I spend a lot of time reaching out to people via Twitter and Facebook uh, when I see questions about food in Arkansas. Um, I actually um, I have a Cora account where people ask me about different food traditions. And, then of course, I have uh, Tie-Dye Travels, the, the website, and uh, the books, which we're releasing book number nine yeah. on next Friday. <laughs> yeah, it's, exci- it's exciting, isn't it? It, it is, uh, and it's a very different direction for me. Um, I've always focused on travel guides. In fact, one of the reasons that I feel that maybe uh, uh, Reed Drummond and I have uh, had different lives is because uh, most food writers fall into one or two categories. You have restaurant writers, which is a male-dominated um, uh, type of career, and then you have recipe writers, and that's very female-driven. I fall in an area right in between. I've spent most of my... Um, food writing career as a restaurant writer, uh-huh. uh, more so as a restaurant and travel writer. I go all over the state, all over the Mid-South. Um, I've even gone outside of the South to, to Boston, Phoenix, Las Vegas, uh, St. Louis, uh, uh, Wisconsin. I mean, just all sorts of different places where I've written about food. But um, this year, I ended up uh, uh, going into the other category a bit. <laughs> Um, out of all of my books, up until now, the only one that could really be considered a cookbook is Arkansas Food, The A to Z of Eating in the Natural State, which uh, came out in December of 2018. That particular book was literally what I had learned over 12 years of studying cuisine in Arkansas. And I started at, all, at apple butter and went all the way to zucchini bread and talked about why we eat what we eat, where that comes from, and it's all about getting people out to experience food in Arkansas, but it had plenty of recipes. This year was different. I was planning to write two books this year that were very different from the two books that I um, that I have now. One was going to be on catfish and the Arkansas tradition of the catfish feast. It, um, I still plan to do it and talk about not only the recipes for how you make all the dishes in a catfish feast, but where it comes from and where you go get it. The other one was going to be the book I've been working on for some time about cheese dip. But whenever um, the pandemic response started shutting everything down in March, I had to make some pretty difficult decisions. Um, we didn't know at the time what um, how coronavirus was being spread. Uh-huh. I mean, there's a lot of supposition out there, but 
here in central Arkansas, a lot of our restaurant scene are younger folks. But you get out into the state, into the rural areas, and so many of our proprietors are older Arkansans. Um, They may have health problems of some sort or another. And I was really concerned that if I continued my travels at that point, I might unwittingly be bringing the virus into communities that were otherwise isolated from it. So it was very, it was a hard, hard decision to come off the road. It was complicated by the fact that um, I lost virtually all of my income very quickly. I was set up over the course of uh, the months of April and May, I had 22 different uh, speaking engagements signed up. And um, I will tell people this uh, with, with no qualms whatsoever, books will make you a little money. The money that you actually make to be a full-time author comes from the appearances that you make, uh, the speeches that you make, and uh, other connections like that. At the same time, the desire to own travel guides kind of dried up, too, because no one was traveling. So I was, I was pretty um, – I was very scared. Yeah, <laughs> I, I can imagine. Say, uh, because everything that I had been geared towards over the past uh, uh, several years had been this business model of I have books that I write about food, that I go talk about Arkansas food, and I get people energized about Arkansas food and get into our state, and then they come back and they ask questions, and, and it, it generates um, uh, a great deal of the income that I've managed to, to uh, bring in over the years. All right. I need you to take yeah. good breath. Yeah. <laughs> That's what I love about Kat. I can ask her a question and I can go get coffee. <laughs> uh, anyway, we're going to come back and talk more with Kat Robinson. Uh, she's got a new book. Pre-sale is underway. It's called A Bite of Arkansas, a cookbook of natural state delights. If you know people, I'm sure many of you know people that like to cook. And uh, if you think they would like to see recipes for Ar- you know Arkansas, This is a book to have, and uh, Kat's going to talk about it. I'm going to tell you what. Here's my story about Kat. She turned me on to Fort Smith, Arkansas food. (laughs) She really, really did. And uh, there's a lot of great restaurants over in in Fort Smith that nobody knows about. And And and, they're cheap. Yeah, they're, they're cheap and they're good. Where was the place you sent me for breakfast? Uh, that was probably Benson's Grill, uh, yes. one of our very few 24-hour operations, and they have made it through the pandemic. They Good. are still serving, um, but 24 hours a day, you can go and get your pancakes or your burger or uh, uh, Mount Chili Manjaro, which is one of my favorite dishes in the state. Um, uh, I love Benson's Grill. It was a great <laughs> place. I loved it. All right, we got to get a break in. Let's do that. Then we're going to come back and talk further with Kat. She's going to be on with us this whole hour. So uh, get your pen and your pencil and your paper because she probably will drop at least one recipe on you during the course of this hour here on the Dave Ellswick Show. Now, if you want to get a pre-sale copy of uh, Kat's new book, go to, I guess it's Tony Press. It's T-O-N. Tonti. Tonti, okay. T-O-N-T-I. Press P R E S S. That's one word. Dot square. Dot site, and uh, you can you can order a copy of uh, of this book uh, for uh, any of your loved ones for yourself. I mean, we all love ourselves too. I would hope. 
uh, so that you can uh, uh, get a copy. Now, the picture at the top of uh, the site, this is a bite of Arkansas, Cookbook of Natural State Delights. And is that the cover exactly on the on the top? That is the cover of the book. Uh, that is uh, fried. I made everything on that. I made uh, the fried chicken. I made uh, the corn on the cob and the chow chow that you see on there. Yeah. And all those jars that are in the background are things that I put up this summer. You know, it's home canning was something that uh, uh, came back to me this year. Uh, I had not actually put up anything myself in a couple of decades but wow. uh, like many of us i i turned to uh, cooking whenever things was when things were crazy yeah i'm looking on this what else is on here but tomatoes you got a bowl with some tomatoes in it you've got a glass yep. of iced tea well of course and you got mashed potatoes in the middle yeah <laughs> i mean this is a good old-fashioned arkansas uh meal yeah especially for the summer and that is of course sal sweet corn from uh, near dumas arkansas I mean, I mean, this this is just the best. Uh, and whenever I had put this uh, plate together and had uh, gone to photograph the recipe, I, the moment I took the picture, I'm like, this has to be the cover of the book. It absolutely must be the cover of the book because it's so Arkansas. That's a, um, a small Bradley County pink tomato that's in slices there. Uh, from, uh, you know, going, I went down one of my very few trips that I have taken in the past oh, heavens, eight months now, uh, was I went to uh, Henry Farm outside of Warren and picked up a couple of cases of tomatoes. I picked up uh, Bradley County Pinks and Cherokee Purples. And this year's this year's tomatoes, for the most part, were huge. When it came time to shoot this picture, though, I was down to the last couple, <laughs> a couple of tomatoes. So it's a small one, but um, the chow chow there um, – was made from uh, peppers and cabbage acquired yeah. at Urbana Farmstead right here in Little Rock, um, out on Arch Street. Um, I got purple whole peas uh, from the Me and McGee Market um, out, uh, just outside of North Little Rock. All of these things come from Arkansas. That's even a, a that is a chicken thigh from, from big. Uh, Tyson Foods. It is a huge chicken thigh, and it, it's like everything this year. It was huge. Um, so it was a great opportunity to um, to be able to get back in the kitchen, and that's that's something very odd for me. Um, the past um, several years, as my career has flourished, my partner uh, Grab Weldon has taken over most of the cooking responsibilities at the house. Uh-huh. So, uh huh. So, but I, I think I may be getting a little bit ahead of myself there because I mean the whole story is uh is kind of crazy. Um, whenever all Everything shut down. I had a meeting it had been planned in advance with Arkansas PBS. This this year was the year that we were hoping to get out on the road and do a special on Arkansas agritourism because we have so many destinations across the state where you can visit a farm or experience farm life in some way or another. Um, we wanted to share that. Well, tourism kind of went by the wayside at yeah. the, the beginning of this pandemic. So whenever it came time to have that uh, meeting, instead of meeting in person, we met by Zoom. And that's where home cooking came out. Uh, we wanted to create some sort of content and show what was happening right now. Um, and home cooking um, was fantastic and fun, but it also led an injury. Unfortunately, um, I tore my rotator cuff while uh, in the process of putting it together, and I spent several months this summer 
completely not doing anything except for recovering from surgery. Yeah, I can so, hey, I can relate. You were around me when I had both of my shoulders rebuilt. Yep. So you know how how long that whole process took. Stay right it's where you're awesome. at because we got to okay. get to the news and then we're going to come it. back and of course Cat's going to be with us for the next half hour. Don't go anywhere. A bite of Arkansas will talk more about it in a moment. You know, healthy volunteers still need it for this uh, COVID-19 vaccine clinical research uh, study, which is with AstraZeneca. Uh, they're the ones uh, that have the drug that they are in their, you know, phase three. We've had the people on talking about this, and they need your help. It's that simple. You can't have a phase three study if you don't have people, and they need about 1,500 people here in central Arkansas to make this happen. And uh, they want you to help them research this investigational vaccine for COVID-19. By participating in the clinical trial, you'll have access to no-cost study-related care. You'll also have the opportunity to help advance COVID-19 research. No insurance is required to take part. You're not going to have to spend a dime. If you're an adult who's in good or stable health, you may be able to qualify. So if you're interested in learning more, here's the number to call. 501-954-7822. 501-954-7822. Or you can do it online by going to C, the letter C, the number 19, vaccinestudy.com. That's the letter C, the number 19, vaccine study. There's no spaces in any of that, dot com. And uh, they can give you all the information uh, that you need. So if you want to be part of the uh, search for uh, a way of of taking care of COVID-19, here is your opportunity. Okay, Kat Robinson on with us here on the Dave Ellswick Show today. Good to have her here. And uh, just want you to know that, uh, you know, she's got a new book out. When I heard this, I said, we've got to have her on. Go ahead. (laughs) I was going to let you know, I have two new books out. (laughs) Oh, okay. Uh, Because uh, everything this year is crazy. And one of the things that I try to express to people, whatever, um, I know lots of folks have been down. This has been a hard year. But... You have to have the ability to evolve in whatever career you're in. You have to have something that you can fall back on. And I'm very fortunate because in the process of putting together another slice of Arkansas pie back in 2018, whenever uh, I found out that my original Arkansas pie book had gone out of print, I created Tonti Press. Uh, It's named after Henri de Tonti, the uh, first Arkansas traveler as it was. And... I created this press originally just so that I could get a book out, but I ended up creating a full-scale micropress I published for other authors. In fact, uh, um, I believe last week uh, you spoke with uh, Ruth and Grace Pepler from Dogwood Hills Guest Farm. I'm going to be working with them in this coming year to put out uh, their first cookbook from the farm. Cook? Um, That's cool. Worked with uh, several um, other authors, including uh, children's uh, uh, book author uh, Suzanne Campbell. 
And uh, so I have had this possibility of being able to use my press to help others um, and to generate income to keep things going. Well, one of the things I noticed whenever everything started shut down was my feed on Facebook and Twitter went from being images of people taking uh, gorgeous pictures of restaurant food to people sharing what they were making in their own kitchen. Uh Uh-huh. Uh, lots of people were making bread, but uh, folks suddenly had to turn from the convenience of being able to pick something up at a restaurant um, or go out to eat with their families to feeding their friends and family at home. And it occurred to me that that was something that needed to be tapped into um, because we all needed the lift. And that's where 43 Tables was born. 43 Tables, an Internet uh uh, community cooks during quarantine came out of the fact that um, we were all trying to figure out what to do while we were self-isolating. And with limited uh, store supplies available, as people uh, rushed through the stores and wiped out the toilet paper, they were also wiping out the ground beef and uh, mm-hmm. uh, the baking supplies. Um, so I put out a, a simple request to my friends on Facebook and said, hey, um, what are y'all cooking? This cookbook uh, generated from this, which came out in October, is a collection from 43 different people who submitted those recipes. All the photography in the book were taken by people on their cell phones. Cool. And it's just the recipes that they put together. Uh, And this is one of the books that I'm offering right now through Tonti Press. Um, Everybody that contributed got cookbooks, and, and it was just a great way to say, hey, Let's let's elevate this cooking that we're doing right now. So that book is available. It is a nice, uh, compact book. Uh, um, it's 122 pages, and it uh, retails at 17.99. So if you're looking for something that's definitely not going to be like anything else out there in the market right now, that's that's a great book. Uh, but at the same time that I was putting it together, I was also trying to figure out what my next step was. And I happen to have a collection of Arkansas church and community cookbooks, tons of cookbooks. I mean, we're, you know, I, at one point I had 400, and I know I have more than that now. <laughs> Anytime that I would go out and about, I'd see one in a flea market that I knew I didn't have, or uh, um, I would uh, find them going to Goodwill even. Yeah. Um, and I would see that it was an Arkansas cookbook that was published in the 20th century. I would pick it up. So now this huge collection. I had for years been planning to put together uh, a definitive cookbook of, hey, um, here's all these these cookbook recipes uh, from times past. Now, I'm still planning to do that. In fact, the Arkansas Church and Community Cookbook Collection is something that will happen here in the future. But as I was going through those cookbooks, I was starting to cook the different dishes at home to try them out. I found myself bringing up recipes in my head from my entire life. And I started making these dishes for my little family pot of me, my mom, my partner, and my daughter. Um, and I cooked. I cooked every night. Sometimes I, I cooked every single meal whenever we didn't have leftovers from the night before. And I recorded all of this. And I realized that most of these dishes that I've made had stories to go with them. Uh, I had planned on writing a book called The Bite of Arkansas that would just be all the things that we eat and the recipes with it, but there was more to it. There was 
the whole procedure of things, not just the catfish feast like I was looking at for the catfish book that I'll eventually get around to, but the way that we ate growing up. When we all came to the table for breakfast before we went out and did our chores at, at my grandparents' house, um, sitting down for, of course, the summer plate, which I've talked about before. But there were other things like uh, the uh, dishes that uh, uh, that I, I very much enjoyed trying to make in college or whenever I was at my first television job in Jonesboro or even the things that I used to make up to take to work with me when I worked at KARN back in the uh, uh, middle of the 1990s yeah. uh, whenever I was in radio. Um, we, we both had our uh, times through different radio stations there. And I realized that this cookbook is not just about Arkansas in general, but the experiences that I've had as a lifelong Arkansasier. So I, I photographed um, hundreds of dishes, and I made hundreds of dishes. And now it's time for me to share those dishes. And what a great time to do this. Uh, uh, for instance, I'll be sharing the the way that uh, my mother makes dressing. Uh, and down here in in Arkansas, it's dressing. It's not stuffing. That's right. You don't put it. You don't put it in the bird before you cook it because well, there's hey, there's all sorts of safety issues with that anyway. But it's a dish that's made from cornbread and uh, broth, and you can put your bird pieces into that. But I like just eating it with a with a spoon. Um, secret ingredient is grits. Um, very Arkansas <laughs> uh, uh, recipe, uh, but uh, other recipes that uh, that come from my past, like um, I make a mean bread and butter pickle, and being able to make those out, and what a great item that I was able to take and put on people's doorsteps, you know, when we were in our our no contact time, uh, and be able to share some of the the great food that we had. Uh, the book is set up; um, it's as a conversation over meals. And so the first uh, 30 pages just talk about breakfast and all the different things that we eat for breakfast and uh-huh. why we eat them and how we eat them. Uh, I have a whole section on sandwiches that we have uh, from, um, you know, things like we used to call it tuna fish sandwiches whenever I was a kid. I mean, it's kind of redundant tuna and fish, but uh, my family made our version with canned tuna and apples and pickles and eggs and there are people who are like, why would you ever put apples with tuna? And Got to have a little crunch. Why not? Yeah, yeah. You, a lot of people use celery. They use grapes. They use all sorts of stuff. Or they you, use chicken in it. Um, and to talk about the differences in the way that uh, my Arkansas family eats and the way that people eat in general. I included some things um, that came later in life, like uh, chocolate gravy is become very synonymous with Arkansas foodways, even though it wasn't created here. It was created uh, in Kentucky by uh, folks that had their um, ancestry out of Spain, which basically chocolate gravy is our breakfast mole sauce. Uh, uh-huh. <laughs> uh, and to uh, see how it developed over the years. So I have a great recipe for chocolate gravy. Now, my daughter had always avoided this when we went out to restaurants because some of the restaurants were hit and miss on it. Understanding the concept of chocolate gravy doesn't always result in the practice of making a proper <laughs> chocolate gravy. So I made this up at and put it on homemade biscuits, and uh, she's like, I don't know about this. So just just 
try. Just go take a bite. And she claimed all of the chocolate gravy. Um, she actually put it in a jar in the fridge and spooned it out over the course of several days so she could enjoy this this crazy concoction. Uh, I talk about, uh, like on the, the cover, fried chicken. Fried chicken is something you can get anywhere these days. Uh-huh. But fried chicken here in Arkansas was back in the um, 19th century. If somebody cooked a chicken for you, you must be someone special. You know, this is preacher comes to dinner sort of uh, That's right. affair. Because chickens were for eggs. Um, to actually bring a chicken to the table to eat was uh, very high class. Whenever um, our road culture started uh, taking off and we we had our first highways all the way back in 1926 whenever uh, the Lincoln Highway was established as going through a good portion of northwest Arkansas and then on into the the 40s, the post-war era, and then out to, to Elvis coming across in the 1950s and 60s on his way out west or all these different things come back to fried chicken and fried chicken became so popular in Arkansas because here was a dish that was at the time, our version of fast food, uh, because you could make it in less than an hour. High, you know, frying something takes a lot less time than baking something does. Uh, so to get back to those roots and how do you make a good, good fried chicken crust, uh, that's not going to fall off and right, how do you pan fry chicken? Me, I'm going to stop you right there. <laughs> I, I'm going to, cause we got to get a break in, but when we come back yes. in, 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 in short, concise sentences cat <laughs> uh-huh. can, can you can you tell my listeners how to make that crust for fried chicken because there's an oh, art my goodness there's an art to it and it's not just the crust it's the whole bird and yes we'll get into that when we okay. come back from the break all right let's take it take a break uh tonti press t-o-n-t-i press p-r-e-s-s that's one word dot square dot site is where you can get this uh-huh. book and get the pre-order so that you'll have it in plenty of time to wrap the copies up for christmas gifts this year we got back oh, yeah. we got more to talk about with cat here in a moment uh here on the dave ellswick show we'll be right back all right we got about six and a half minutes remaining here with cat robinson and uh, you know a lot of people equate frying something with extra calories not so, just not so. <laughs> I learned this from uh, was it Alton Brown of Good Eats? Oh and, yeah. And he made this statement that if you have uh, the oil at the right temperature and you mm-hmm. fry the food for the right amount of time, the oil is not absorbed into the food. It just cooks it, and so right. you don't have to worry about it. So that's why you do it on high heat and you monitor your time. Uh, and additionally, it means that your fried foods don't come out foggy. They come out crispy. Uh, frying is literally a cooking method. It's not uh, an opportunity to add extra oil into your food. All right. So fried chicken. What's, fried chicken. I'm going to tell you four secrets. Go. All right. First off. It's your brine. You need to brine your fried chicken in advance. I use a combination of buttermilk, pepper sauce, and pickle juice. And it's just a shot of uh, pepper sauce, but pickle juice adds a, a nice dill flavor into your chicken, plus uh, it's, it's the salt to uh, seal up that meat, and it's really good. Second thing, 
breadcrumbs. And I'm not talking about breadcrumbs from a can. If you want to make really good fried chicken, go and toast yourself some bread, make your own crumbs with a grater. It goes into one of your steps of battering your chicken. Third, it is a three-part batter. You have one bag that has the breadcrumbs, parsley, uh, paprika, garlic powder, salt and pepper in it. Another one has two cups of flour and one teaspoon each of uh, paprika, parsley, and garlic powder. So you're getting, uh, getting the differences there. Then the, in between, you have an egg wash, and that's what keeps it all on. And four, but this is important, fry your chicken at first. Fry it first, get it all nice and browned, get the edges of it sealed, and then go throw it in the oven because that way you ensure that your chicken is completely cooked through, it stays juicy, and you don't burn the outside of your chicken. If you do those four steps, you've got something absolutely marvelous, and the recipe will be in A Bite of Arkansas, a cookbook of natural state delights coming soon. There you go. You're going to want, I'm going to tell you, you're going to want this cookbook. If there's one thing I know about Kat Robinson, she uh, she does her uh, she does all of her research, and she won't lead you wrong. And we got just a couple of minutes left here. Uh, cheese dip, cheese dip started in this state, correct? It did. It absolutely did. And there's two versions of the recipe for cheese dip in this book. Now, one of them is the the easy home-cooked variety that I actually grew up on at home with, which was you take a block of Velveeta, you take a can of Rotel, you there put you them go. both together in a pot, and there you go. Maybe add a touch of paprika or cumin, and you're set to go. I also had the Chiquito-style cheese dip recipe in there, which you can actually go online, and I'll send a link to you, Dave, so you can put it up uh, on the site. Uh, you can watch me making cheese dip with all cool. the different spices and uh, the American cheese. It's uh, very similar to what the Donnelly family started off with in Proto Junction whenever they opened Mexico Chiquito. All right. I'm telling you what. Do not do not doubt me when I tell you that you want a copy of this book if you like food, especially if you like, as I like to say, southern cuisine like Arkansas and things that sticks to your ribs. Now, yeah, yeah. You, you already talked. You already talked about uh, sandwiches. Do you have a yeah. recipe for a bologna sandwich in your book? I not only have a recipe for bologna sandwiches, but I also have a whole dissertation on fried bologna, which is a very Arkansas particular thing, and the proper way. And, Dave, you know the best way to make sure that your bologna gets fully cooked, Three right? Three cuts. Three That's cuts right. on you the round. You put a cut on that bologna, because if you don't, it's going gonna, it's gonna to look like one of those uh, uh, alien dome spaceship things, <laughs> and it's not going to get fully cooked. You've got... You got to pack man up your uh, bologna to make sure that uh, it gets thoroughly fried. One of the best bologna sandwiches I've had over the last few years is the bologna sandwich out of Dickie Stevens Park. Really? Yeah, it's great. They do a good job. Oh, it's really, really good. Do. I mean, I go over there. I eat two of them every time I go over there. I like bologna. I grew up with bologna sandwiches. Well, yeah, I did, too. Uh, I used to go to Brightweiser's down in uh, Benton uh, and get uh, nice, thick cuts of bologna so that uh, um, have a substantial a bologna steak. Uh, and if you want there to get something go. like that here in Arkansas, um, I highly recommend the fried bologna sandwich at, of all places, Feltner's Whataburger up in Russellville. They use Petty Jean bologna. And it's an inch thick, and it's it's 
it's a good cut. Or if you want barbecue bologna, go over to Sims Barbecue. People talk about the ribs and the pulled pork and the, the chicken, but they make one mean beef bologna barbecue sandwich. They smoke that bologna and they cover it in sauce. And um, you can't pick it up. You have to eat it with a fork because it, it completely disintegrates the bread, but it's so good. All right. Give them the address to get the book again, Kat. Go to tontipress.square.site. That's T-O-N-T-I-P-R-E-S-S dot square dot site. Or uh, head over to Tie-Dye Travels. I'll have a link up there for you so you can uh, scoot right in. It's uh, $5 off if you order through the pre-order. So it's $24.99 for, uh, for the softcover book. The softcover books will not be available any other way until January. Hardcover, a hardcover book comes out next Friday. All right. There you have it. Kat Robinson, <laughs> thank you. Love you, girl. We'll talk to you later. All right, we've got news coming up. here on the Dave Ellswick Show. The Salvation Army is supposed to be contacting us shortly, and uh, we're going to talk to them because they've got something going on right now that they do every year, every year, and that's the angel tree. And uh, I always take part in it. I always uh, take an angel off the tree and then, uh, you know, buy the, the presents that uh, a child is asking for and make sure it gets back uh, to the Salvation Army so that they can be delivered to that child for their Christmas. Uh, look, I understand that Christmas, although we try to say that it's uh, all about celebrating Christ's birth, po- uh, the problem is it Christ wasn't born on December 25th. What's good about Christmas is it makes you think about Christ's birth, and, and secondly, it's a great family time as well. And we take we, we just have a great time with it at, at my house. I mean, that, it was a big thing. It always is a big thing. But because it's such a big thing and has grown over the years, uh, you know, you want to make sure kids, because Christmas really is for children, is it not? Uh that they have the opportunity to uh, enjoy uh, the season and and get something, uh, whether it's in a stocking or whatever. I mean, yesterday uh, went out and bought my grandson's first bicycle. That's what he's. So I look. I know you say, Dave. Don't be saying it out loud. He's not listening to the show. I'm just, <laughs> I, I, I can, he's a smart kid, but he's not into politics, I'm just telling you. And so he wouldn't be listening right now. But uh, that's what we picked up for him yesterday. And the other thing I got, and it comes today, is I got him a um, a uh, two-foot-tall motorized uh, and, and used by 
walking for uh, uh, Tyrannosaurus Rex. And he, he'll go crazy over this. You know that Tyrannosaurus song from Pink Phone? He listens to that constantly. He walks in my house and he goes, Alexa, play T-Rex. <laughs> and uh, he loves it. He absolutely uh, loves it. So, uh, you know, the, the angel tree plays an integral part in what the Salvation Army is, is, is trying uh, to do. And that's to take care of our uh, our fellow Arkansans, and uh, you need to keep keep that in in mind. You really do. All right. So uh, Major Bill Mockaby is going to join us here on the Dave Ellswick Show. Major, how are you doing today? I'm doing well, thank you. How are you? I'm doing fantastic. Look, I I do the uh, Angel Tree uh, every year. I, that's that's a part of our Christmas time uh, at the Ellswick household, as well as uh, we work directly through our church as, as well. And we have what's called the Christmas Mall, and uh, we have a list of families in the Cabot area that we uh, we love on, and we bring them in, and we set up like what looks like a mall of all kinds of Christmas uh, toys. And they can uh, they can go in and shop for their children and uh, have uh, have toys for their kids under the tree on Christmas morning. Now you guys are doing this a little bit differently this year in that people can go online and take care of all this. Is that correct, sir? It is. Uh, you know, especially with COVID and less people getting out and going to the box and mortar stores. Uh, we've set up on uh, our website, SalvationArmyCentralArkansas.org. Uh, on the carousel, there is a picture of our angel tree, and uh, you can click on that, and you can go through, pick your angel that you want. You can pick the age, the gender. Um, you know, if you have a child that's that's uh, 12 years old and you want to buy a, a 12-year-old for, a, for an adopted angel that's 12 years old, you can go do that specifically. And not only that, there's a couple other links there for Amazon and then Registry for Good with uh, Walmart where you can go online and you can uh, shop for that angel online and it automatically sends the uh, gifts directly to uh, the Salvation Army. So you can adopt an angel this year just like a lot of people are already doing and never leave your house. That's fantastic. I, I've always wanted you all to, to, to digitalize as much as possible because that's where people are going. That's how people are shopping, even before COVID nineteen. And uh, this is a great move by you all. I really, I really believe. Give them that address again. It's Salvation Army Central Arkansas dot org. Okay, I'll make sure we put that up on my uh, my Facebook so that people will see it there as well. And uh, I'll put in my spiel about why I think you should do, you know, and take take care of this i mean uh there's a lot of kids out there that that need help this time and 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 more so than before because there's still people who've been out of work for a long long time and just meeting getting food on the table is a is a tough act to do much less uh you know get toys 
Yeah, absolutely. We have uh, this year. We have over two thousand uh, kids on our uh, in our Angel Tree program uh, that uh, we're we're trying to get adopted. And like you said, you know, right now this not only is a is are you helping to provide a Christmas present and, and something on uh, Christmas morning for the child, but also relieving a little bit of anxiety for the parents yes. who, who are having to make decisions between uh, paying rent and putting food on the table. And you 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 take the stress of that. And then they have to, on top of that, think, how am I going to provide a Christmas for uh, for my kids? Um, that anxiety, that stress, it just builds and builds. So, um, you know, we're, we're really excited this year to be able to help people, not just, uh, not just a, a physical gift, but also to be able to relieve some pressure from the folks who uh, are really struggling this season. Okay, so the site that you go to, is this the same site uh, that you go to to be able to use Walmart so that the the gifts get delivered to the Salvation Army? We uh, we were working on our link. Our link uh, got, somehow got corrupted uh, to go to the registry for good for Walmart. But uh, we do have the Amazon link up there on that carousel. Okay. Uh, on the uh, Salvation Army Central Arkansas dot org. Uh, but we'll have that registry for good up uh, as soon as po- as soon as we possibly can get that back up and working on the or at least the link. Well, the I, uh, website's still good. I don't care if it's if it's Walmart or Amazon, whoever. I just think it's great that i can go on that link i can go right directly in this case to amazon have the angel tree child know what it is they're looking for find it on amazon and if you can't find it on amazon you know as well as i do major it's probably not out there (laughs) bottom line get it and uh, have it delivered to you all that's going to be different for you all as well you're going to have a lot of amazon trucks stopping off and delivering stuff to you and walmart (laughs) trucks as well that's right. We'll have it'll be a parade. We might start trying to charge a little bit for our parking lot for those folks. <laughs> and, with, and with that in mind, are, do you need do you need the help? Do you need people? I mean, I'm sure you're going to do the social distancing, and people are going to wear masks and and whatever. And and there may be some people that by then have even gotten some shots uh, for this COVID nineteen uh, vaccine. Uh, you know, how can they go about helping you this year? Yeah, so volunteering is a huge part, especially at Christmas with the Salvation Army. Uh, with the Angel Tree, there's ways to be able to um, uh, help uh, sort the, the toys and, make, and get them all checked in. And then even with our distribution uh, that we'll be doing in December. Um, but they can give us a call. Uh, our phone number is 501-374-9296. And uh, just let Miss Fridia know that you're interested in, in volunteering for the Angel Tree, and she will get you connected with the right people. Uh, but even further than that, we also have our red kettle season right now. Yes. Uh, so we've got our iconic red kettles out uh, at a couple places right now. This Saturday, we start hitting Walmarts and, and Kroger's and some of the other locations. And um, every person that we have volunteering at one of those red kettles means that more uh, more of the money comes back to direct services for those who are in need in central Arkansas. Uh, so we're always looking for uh, volunteers to ring bells and uh, that same number and just tell Miss Freedia that you want to ring a bell and she'll get you connected to the right person. 
The other thing that you can do this year, and, and this is uh, this is something that we've done in the past, but it's not really been pushed, but you can do a virtual kettle, again, with people not getting out or and not feeling comfortable getting out. You can create a virtual kettle, and there's a link there at our website, and um, and you can you can have your own virtual kettle, send out invitations for people to uh, come and, and donate to your kettle. Uh, you can do it on uh, through social media as well, and uh, really you can you can start some competitions between you and uh, some some of your friends or your orga- uh, organizations or corporations or churches. Uh, it's just another way to be able to give back without uh, having to uh, go out in public and and, uh, and and do all, you know, making sure that you're distanced and all that good stuff. Well, let uh, when I come back, let's talk a little bit more about that. I think I should get one of those kettles going on my Facebook and, I do too. Uh, and ask my listeners to donate to it. Because if there's one nonprofit organization I really believe in, it's the Salvation Army. I got to be honest. It is the Salvation Army. You all do what you say you're going to do with the donations that are given to your organization, and the money stays here. And that's so, so important. We're going to come back, talk yes, further with Major uh, Bill Mockaby here on the Dave Ellswick Show. And uh, we'll find out how you can have your own personal kettle on your Facebook. I'm going to suggest that you listen closely to that because you'll want to be part of it. And uh, you can help a lot of people this way. And I'm I'm sure that Salvation Army is facing a lot of difficulties right now because of COVID-19. We'll talk about that, too, here on the Dave Ellswick Show. Hey, don't forget about PI Roofing. They're waiting for you uh, to give them a call so they can walk your roof. Make sure it's in good shape, and you're saying, "Well, Dave, it's, we're getting out of out of the rainy season." Uh, yeah, okay, but we're going into winter, and in winter time, you get a little bit of water on your your roof, or you get some ice on your roof, and uh, the heat coming up from inside your home uh, gets into your your attic and warms up your roof, and and uh, takes and melts the ice and the snow, and sometimes that water running off gets dammed up in places and freezes again, expands, and causes leaks. You need to have somebody, a professional, come out and look at your roof and make sure you're not going to be in the middle of the winter and suddenly uh, you don't have an icicle in your house, but you got the water of an icicle in your house. You don't want that to happen. So go to piroofing.com on the Internet, and uh, they'll talk to you. They follow all the COVID-19 protocols, by the way. So when they come out, they got the masks on. They're going to do the six feet of separation and and all the rest. And they're going to wash your hands. And they're not going to get close to you, um, you know, at all. So know that they'll keep your family safe. They're going to keep their workers safe. Uh, 707-3551 is their number. 707-3551. It is the company I only allow to step foot on my roof. And that's P.I. Roofing. All right, back with you. Our guest is Major Bill Mockaby from the Salvation Army, Salvation Army Central Arkansas.org. That's the website. You need to go there. Uh, get involved with the Angel Tree. They've made it as easy as uh, can be. It's 
I'm use what my mom used to say. Easy peasy, all right? You just go there, and uh, you can go to Amazon. You, you get your angel. You go to Amazon. You get what they're wanting. They deliver it to the Salvation Army. Can't get any easier than that. That that That's just easy, easy kind of stuff. And, uh, and Major, you talked about setting up your own uh, red uh, bucket. And uh, to be able to do that, what do you need to do? It's really simple. Um, you can go to the uh, our website, uh, SalvationArmyCentralArkansas.org, and there is a link there at the car- on the carousel. And uh, all you have to do is create an account. And after you create that account, it is a easy step-by-step process uh, all the way through sending emails out to um, ask people to donate. Uh, and there's some other uh, templates in there as well that'll, uh, that'll ask people to join your team to help you start the fundraising and, and to get that word out. Uh, and then there's all the links that you can uh, also share it on social media. Um, it'll ask you, though, to set up a, a, a goal, a fundraising goal of what you think you can raise. And then you just go and, and put it out as many places as you possibly can. All right. So uh, I will do that and get it together. Elizabeth and I will get Elizabeth takes care of my social media. And I'll get with her, and we'll get this set up and, and ready to go and, and make it very, very, uh, you know, visible. And so people can see it and can take part in it. And uh, I think this is another great opportunity because COVID-19 has really hit you guys hard, hasn't it? It really has. We've seen um, over 100% increases in all the services that we provide from shelter to um uh, paying uh, emergency rent, utility, food boxes. Uh, we've seen over 100% increases in every every aspect of what we uh, provide to the community uh, all year round. And uh, this, especially with our fundraising efforts uh, during Christmas and our Red Kettle campaign, this is our biggest campaign that we uh that we have and this uh this money that we raise during this time not only helps us with our angels and making sure that everyone gets uh gifts but it's also what helps sustain us through the rest of the year as well uh so it's a really important time for us to uh, continue to uh put our message out there of the need that's out there and how um, overwhelming it is right now so that we can continue to provide the level of service that we uh, always have in a time where more people are hurting. So how difficult has it been to do the meals this year? I mean, uh, you know, they're going to tell you don't congregate, don't bring a big group of people together. So what are you doing about that? Well, with our community meals, we have uh, been, we haven't let anybody into our facility itself, but we have been doing uh, to-go boxes, and uh, we're handing out breakfast uh, to. We're we're averaging right around 100 to 125 uh, breakfasts that we're handing out every morning uh, at our facility, uh, and then as we as 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 we get into January, February, and hopefully a, uh, a vaccine uh, is, is available and starts getting spread throughout our our community, we'll be able to slowly let people back in and then also ramp up our services for, uh, for uh, either lunch or dinner as well. But right now, uh, we're giving out to-go meals. All right. So how much money do you need for Christmas? Our goal this year to just to make ends meet is three hundred and five thousand. Uh, 
Um, that's just to make ends meet and to try to stay at a level that we have in the past. Um, but in order to be able to meet all the extra need, we're looking closer to a half a million dollars to be able to, uh, to really um, – help more people and to help them more efficiently well uh, uh, we, we need a half million dollars now to my listeners that sounds insurmountable but it's not uh if if everybody listening to this show gave 10 15 we could make that in no time i'm just telling you we could make that in no time and if you've got that money to spare spare uh, I'm going to ask you to to do so, and be watching my Facebook because I'm going to have one of those buckets on my uh, on my Facebook, and I'm going to try to raise. I'm going to try to get five thousand dollars. Oh, that's on the Facebook. That's wonderful. We'll give it a shot. Plus, I'll take. I'll make sure a couple of angels get taken care of too, as well. Major, again, it's Salvation Army Central Arkansas. Dot O-R-G. If you go there, you can find everything you need to be able to help the Salvation Army. And again, I, I will repeat, this is the nonprofit group I always give to. Always give to because they do what they're supposed to do and they help our local community. Major, thank you for the time. I appreciate you. Yes, sir. Thank you for having me on. All right. God bless you now. Let the Major Bill Mockaby get back to work. Get out there and get to work. We appreciate you. All right, Dave Ellswick Show. we got Rush coming your way. Let's do that. And then Robert Steinbach and Chris Corbett will join us, and uh, we'll return talking to what's going on, you know, legally. All right, let's continue. Don't forget, Christmas is not far away. Uh, I mean, Thanksgiving's next week, so that means the sprint for Christmas starts literally next Friday. Won't be a Black Friday. But Black Friday deals have been all over the place already, all over the Internet. I've taken advantage of them. Hope hope that you've done as well. Now, if you want to take uh, advantage of someone who can do jewelry the way jewelry should get done, you know, have that personal touch for you, have uh, the ability to uh, make a piece of jewelry, whether it be a ring or a, a necklace or a brooch or a, a bracelet, and reflect the personality of the person that you're giving it to, then you've got to go to Hillcrest Designer Jewelry. Eric Coleman will take great care of you. He's got a piece of machinery right there uh, in his shop when you come in uh, where they can design a, a unique ring or piece for a necklace or whatever right there in front of you and do it while you know you're giving them information and if you're looking to do diamonds or colored gemstones or whatever you can't go to a better place with to get a better price because eric coleman's a gemologist and uh, he's got ways of getting uh, diamonds and gemstones because he's been in the business so long he can literally save you hundreds and even thousands of dollars he's located at 3000 cavanaugh just go on over there get on top of the hill right there and you'll see him on the left hand side he's in suite e and just you know buzz uh, buzz the buzzer and let him get you inside and go to work for you or you can just call him and set up an appointment 501-246-3655 that's 501-246-3655 that's hillcrest designer jewelry that's where you need to go and remember dave sent you all right 
All right, we've got Robert Steinbach, uh, law professor of law over at the Bowen School of Law with us now. Remember, his opinions are his and his alone, not necessarily those of the School of Law or the university on which it resides. And uh, Chris Corbett is here, a uh, legal beagle out of Conway, licensed uh, attorney. Uh, engineering law is his specialty, but he can deal with just about any kind of uh, law and take good care of you and uh, we'll have him give you a number as well uh here Uh, and rob you're a practicing attorney now too i am um dave indeed i was admitted to the arkansas bar recently but of course i've been practicing law for years and years uh incidentally uh we'll do a little behind the scenes you're breaking up a little bit on my end so i just want to make sure i sound okay for the audience you sound great um Great. Uh, And so, yes, I've been practicing and associating myself uh, from time to time uh, with Chris Corbett. And we have been pursuing a number of cases like uh, Freedom of Information Act law, of course. And as you might remember, I represent Chris in court uh, to ensure that the Second Amendment and statutory firearms rights are aptly enforced because as it stands right now, the sheriff of Pulaski County is refusing to allow attorneys with firearms into the courthouse, notwithstanding that the state legislature has mandated that we are entitled to do so. Uh, And so we are pursuing that case, and it will probably pick up at the beginning of next year because the judge on it currently uh, is retiring And so I think everybody agrees that at this point, late in November, there's no point in forcing the judge, seeking the judge uh, to start ruling on these matters with less than a month uh, if you subtract out the holidays uh, to go. Yeah, I mean, he's he's not been moving quickly as it is. Why would you expect him to do so now? Well, this is this is when they what they call retired on active duty, right? He's just yep. about the end of his term, so he's he's wrapping things up, and uh, I understand that. I don't particularly have a complaint about that. This is going to be a case that works its way up to the Supreme Court, because certainly if we lose at the trial level, we're going to appeal it to the otherwise conservative Supreme Court that is likely to rule in a more conservative fashion than, for example, this judge who happens to be a liberal, and I don't know what draw we'll get for the next judge. Uh, But if we win at the trial level, I suspect, but don't know, that the county sheriff will appeal it. So this is going to be likely uh, a case that goes all the way through. All right. So, Chris, let me ask you. You're sitting over there as a bystander right now. Let me ask you, how, how irritated does it make you when you've got a sheriff that will not comply with the law. Uh, it made us so irritated, Dave. We filed suit out there fighting for the little guy and fighting for constitutional rights, for transparency in government, and just simply to make the county officials obey the law. The law is real simple. It says an officer of the court shall be allowed to have a firearm in the courtroom, in the courthouse. And um, we sought to enforce it. And uh, I'm excited about it. And 
Rob's right. He's kind of active duty retired right now. They're, they're not going to make a big decision on the way out the door and leave the, the next judge hanging. I think we've got four new judges, five new judges coming into Pulaski County Circuit Courts, and um, they've left it for them. All right, so... You know, he's a road he's a road judge that's retired on active duty. That's what we yeah. used to say about, you know, uh, chiefs in the Air Force, that they were road sergeants. And, uh, you know, they only were doing what they had to absolutely do. So, yeah, I, I can understand where you guys are at. Now the vaccine looks like it's going to get out uh, here in December. And uh, for all of you who thought that the president was full of it, now you can eat crow uh, because you're going to be able to get vaccinated and and uh, have a great shot at never having the problem of getting COVID-19. Uh, AstraZeneca is saying that their vaccine, and, that's the, and theirs is the third one, uh, is over 95% effective. That's incredible. That is just freaking incredible i mean pfizer is over 90 percent uh then you got modera now saying they're 94 and a half you got pfizer saying they're over 95 and there's still two more vaccines that's looking like that are be going to be coming on to uh, the marketplace this is fantastic news for all americans it really really is and uh I know I'll be lining up to get the shot just as soon as it's available. I'm in too, Dave. Sign sign me up. How about you, Rob? Yeah, absolutely. I'll take it. I'm looking forward to it. As you know, uh, and as we discussed on your show, Dave, many times, I am one of the more cautious people. I I haven't gone into a store uh, since either March or early April. Uh, I've only buildings I've gone into are doctor's offices for medical appointments just to make sure I'm not neglecting my health. So I am very cautious. And mind you, what's interesting about that, in addition, is I still don't believe in the overreach of the executive branch, i.e. the governor, without consulting the legislature. I think we have a real problem throughout this country where governors are acting without sufficient authority. Uh, And I'm the guy that is most worried or among those who are most worried about catching this disease. So it's one thing to be personally worried and take precautions like I do. And it's another thing to allow the government to make all of these decisions for everyone. Yeah. And I'm, I'm all about what you're saying here. And I hope that people uh, pay attention uh, to, to what, you know, what we're saying, because I guess the governor came out yesterday and restaurants now have to close by 11 o'clock in bars. Is that correct? Did you guys hear that? I didn't hear that. I missed it. It's just another example of, uh, okay, because the disease gets more powerful at 11. Now, I'm not out at 11. I'm (laughs) dead asleep at 11. Uh, And I'm not going out to restaurants now. Anyway, but I'm not sure I understand this difference here. What's their claim? The claim is that after 11, and by the way, there are very few restaurants that were ever open at 11. After 11, what, people are too drunk? And therefore, they're going up to each other and coughing on each other. So it's I'd like them to flesh this out a little bit because they're making implicit claims 
about patrons. What, what happens if you have a long haul trucker and he stops at, remember that place, Dave mentioned the name that you took me to that wonderful place. I think in North little rock, uh, which I think is where a lot of truckers also go. I don't know if they happen to be open uh, for meals at the late hours, but are you shutting those down? So a long haul trucker can't get a meal because somehow at 2 AM, by the way, when most restaurants are, notably have notably few patrons they can't be open because covid multiplies more than so it's these kind of make-believe rules that i don't really appreciate uh, yeah you're probably talking about bj's marketplace yeah that's it uh, that's it i had uh oh that's I, a good place i had lunch just the other day there i will probably have breakfast there tomorrow morning after the uh, car and truck doctors and joe and i will be on uh doing that and david's and dejas will be on with us and uh, we always go have breakfast together after we do the show. It's a great place to eat. One of my favorite restaurants here uh, in uh, Little Rock. I don't, I don't believe that it is uh, as uh, uh, what, unknowable as it used to be. Because right. I, I talk about it all the time. All right. Let's take a break, guys. We've got a lot of things to talk about. I want to talk about Sidney Powell when we come back. Here on the Dave Ellswick Show. On 101 uh, FM, the answer, did you know taxes are lower now than they've been in 40 years? That's right. But that's probably going to come to a screeching halt. Uh, In fact, massive tax increases could be just around the corner. The pay for trillions of dollars in economic stimulus that's already been put out and that you're hearing from... uh, uh, the left that they want to uh, pay out even more, like two and a half trillion dollars. Uh, these tax increases could decimate your IRA and 401k. Learn how you could dramatically reduce or eliminate these taxes with a free retirement tax analysis from David Lucas Financial in North Little Rock. David's going to show you the defensive tax planning strategies. That could save you tens of thousands, if not hundreds of thousands of dollars over your retirement in taxes. To schedule your free retirement uh, tax analysis, call 501-222-3315. That's 501-222-3315. Investment advisory services offered through David Lucas Financial and Arkansas Registered Investment Advisor. All right, we continue here on the Dave Ellswick Show. Robert Steinbach is with us. Chris Corbett is with us. Guys, yesterday, big news conference by uh, Giuliani and others, the lawyers uh, representing the president. And, uh, you know, we we had a lot of information that was given, but very little evidence. Does this worry you that we're not seeing, you know, the evidence that we need to say? Uh, to see, to be able to make a, a really a legitimate decision uh, that there's, you know, all ki- there was all kinds of problems and perhaps this election is tainted. Well, sure, Dave, at some point you have to come forward with evidence. And I haven't been following too closely what they've been saying in terms of the evidence they have. But if you don't come forward ultimately with the evidence and we have a relatively short window here, then you can make all the claims you want. Now, the flip side is that the media says, well, there's, there's no proof. Uh, there's nothing there. There's nothing to be seen. 
And the fact is that the way the process works is you start with an allegation and you assert that you have evidence to support it, and then you present the evidence. So the media, of course, say these are completely unfounded when at the initial stage of pleading, you don't demonstrate all of your evidence. You just aver the existence of the evidence. Right. And the media ignores the process they are well familiar with, no less. So they're entirely disingenuous when they make such claims. Yeah, let's ask Chris here. Chris, Sidney Powell, she says that that she knows that, uh, you know, especially out in Nevada, that there were, you know, many, many, many votes. I mean, she says that President Trump got eight million more votes than were counted. That is a huge, huge claim. And, uh, you know, I could get up in front of, of reporters and say 10 million votes, you know, uh, and things of that nature. I keep one. Here's my thing as a reporter that I used to be. I would say put up or shut up. Right. Right, Dave. Well, you, you, you're you justified in being doubtful, right? You're justified in being suspicious. But um, I've got to give Sidney Powell some some kudos here. She's got an, uh, a fantastic reputation, a fantastic record in the Court of Appeals. Um, I think right. she's got a reputation on the line here. Um, she's stuck it out there, and I hope she's got what she says she's got. Um, when people ask me about fraud in the elections, I say two things. One, yes, fraud happened. There's yeah, no doubt about we it. Saw We've got it. affidavits. Yeah. And then two, here's the next question though, Dave. Was the fraud material? Is it is it one person or is it ten million people or ten million votes that, that and, and that way it swings a vote, right? Well, we need to see some evidence. If you've got some code in this Dominion software, show it to us. And and give us have someone come forward um, that said, yeah, I altered the code in these voting machines. Um, now they're going to be there's going to be possible criminal violations here. Um, but I I've read both of Sidney Powell's books, um, the lie, License to Lie and the Conviction Machine. I, I really like her briefs. Um, I think she's legitimate. Now. Let's let's argue the flip side. Rob and I had a discussion about this. She's in the press. She's doing the right thing. She's raising money. That's what lawyers do. They get out there and they want they got an issue. They need the money to prosecute the case. She's right. doing the right thing to get that done. Um and I think her credibility's on the line. Okay. So I I agree with her and I don't believe she'd put it out the way she has unless she right. had the good. So I'm just wondering you know, and and I'll ask this of you, Rob. See what you want to say. Why do you think she's waiting? I mean, look, we're December eighth is is one of the days. That's when the you know the uh, the states are going to start certifying all this stuff. It's a great question, Dave. And of course, I don't know for sure the answer. I suspect is that she's heard some rumors. She's got some comments from people who are unwilling to go on record because they're afraid for what their jobs or yeah, even their safety. Exactly. So I think she's got a kernel of evidence and I'm, and an attorney must have such, and she's competent enough. Indeed, I think she's quite competent that I think she wouldn't come forward without a kernel of evidence, but I think she's trying to develop more in the interim. And that's why she's straddling that line of presenting the allegations without presenting a significant amount of the underlying evidence. 
Yeah, Tucker Carlson kind of called her out yesterday, uh, last night on his show, saying it's time to produce the evidence now. Uh, you know, if she can do it the day before, they're going to, you know, you know, the states are going to make it uh, official and can make everybody go, what? You know, and stop. Mm-hmm. Then, I, you know, I'm all I'm all about it. You know, I, I still think that there was cheating. Uh, I, I know it goes on. It, it has happened frequently uh, in the area I grew up in around Chicago. And uh, so nothing would fool me uh, as far as this or surprise me, I guess. But uh, I, I really think that we're coming to that point where push comes to shove. And we got to we got to have some solid stuff put up instead of just standing in front of the press and and, and trying to make a, a case. And, and, and the press f- showed themselves to be, you know, horses asses yesterday, the way that they they carried on during the uh, the press conference. In particular, that was that person in the back of the room. We didn't see the person, but we heard her constantly interrupting Giuliani. And it, it, that was not acting like someone in the press. That was uh, uh, an, not only an advocate, because advocate I generally think to be a positive word, that was a crank, a crackpot. And that's not... <laughs> now, I was right maybe that person wasn't really with the press maybe that person was uh, mybasement.com right so yeah. i don't know who it was all right hold on guys we've got to take a break yeah. and we'll come back we got more to talk about i want to come back and talk a little bit more about Sidney powell here on the dave ellswick show o'clock hour and we left at the uh, at eight o'clock uh we were talking and i mentioned that i wanted to talk more about sydney powell now sydney powell sydney powell is a lawyer for michael flynn and you've seen her quite often on the news here over the last uh few years in fact and uh, and and she's a great legal mind and she uh is on the president's uh team uh dealing with the election and yesterday at that press conference uh, that the lawyers held uh she made some rather startling statements one being uh that could be as many as eight million votes that should have gone to the president that did not because of the way she talked sounds like she's talking about machines and talking about how the counting was done and and, and what happened. So uh, we want to uh, talk about that uh, here for a few minutes more on the Dave Ellswick Show. Now, all of us agreed when we were talking, Sidney Powell uh, is a well-respected uh, attorney. 
And unless she has something, why would she go out and literally, in in something this big, destroy her career? I mean, that's that's what keeps me coming back to hear more of what she has to say, to be honest. Why would she throw her career away? Because that's what she's going to do if it's not that she don't have anything. You know, let's start off with you, Chris. What do you think? You know, we, we've got to see the evidence. She's made some very specific allegations about the software. I'll tell you what is disconcerting to me. After that allegation was made, why has this software company or this voter uh, vote counting machine, why have they not come out and defended themselves? Uh, that's, that, that stands out in my mind. Um, but we need uh, not only allegations here, we need some proof of those allegations. So now it's time to, uh, because time is of the essence here, now it's time to put up or shut up. Yeah, that's exactly right. Now, we're talking about Dominion here. This is a particular right software system that we do know they had some problems with uh, in Michigan. And uh, they're saying that not only in Michigan, but there was other states as well. Uh, And by the way, we don't use Dominion here in the state of Arkansas, if you're wondering about that. Robert, your thoughts about this? I mean, I can't, it'd be like you with uh, the great, uh, you know, amount of belief people have in you from the times that you've been on my show and uh, what you have said is proven to be true and then you come out and make some types of aspersions and they and it shows to be absolutely you know um, you know fabrication basically it would destroy your career why would you do you wouldn't do that well i certainly wouldn't do it chris and i have experienced this we've litigated against uh, the state, in fact, uh, the the university system in, in which they make claims that are just untrue and they make one claim in court and the opposite claim in the claims commission. Right. Now, tell me, how can you go to the the district, excuse me, the, the, in Arkansas, it's called the circuit court. That's the trial court. How can you go to the circuit court and say, oh, all of this needs to be handled in the claims commission? And then literally go over the claims commission and say, no, 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 that has to be handled in the circuit court. That's what the university system attorneys said. So that's an example of what you just point out, Dave, which is an entirely um, inconsistent position that undermines the credibility of those making those claims. Uh, I think it's dangerous. I think it's bad for our justice system. And I think it's unworthy in this case of uh, taxpayer money that funds such operations. We need to have attorneys on all sides of litigation whose statements can be trusted as being as truthful uh, as they can be. By that, I mean they are true to the best of the knowledge of the attorney. If it turns out some piece of information uh, is invalid, but it wasn't known to the attorney, so be it. But the attorney must have a good faith basis for making a claim. And what they can't do and what they shouldn't do and what's improper to do is to make one claim in one forum and the completely opposite claim in another forum uh, a few months, a year later. That's not proper yeah and 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 i think we all agree now i want to get into some hyperboles and i know you guys don't like uh or hypotheticals i know you guys don't like to do that but i'm gonna (laughs) i'm gonna i'm gonna drag you into it anyway 
By the way, our guests are Robert Steinbach. He is a law professor over at the Bowen School of Law, and his opinions are his and his alone, as Chris's opinions are his and his alone as well, as mine are mine and mine alone. The bottom line is this. What, you, what, what you're going to hear in just a moment is all opinion on our part. So I got to ask this question because it's something that people of, I think everybody's got to say, is if Sidney Powell proves that she's right, and let's say she's right to the tune of she comes within a million votes, you know, seven million votes instead of eight, and uh, it changes this election, what does that do to our country? That's the big question here. What, is, what does that say about what we're going to do in this nation when it comes to elections in the future? Well, I think that I think there's even the broader issue slash question, Dave. <clears throat> there's no doubt that we've had voter fraud throughout our system. And I think even the left now <clears throat> admits that. Uh, but they claim as a general matter, which I suspect they're right, that it's not been dispositive. But, of course, you've mentioned the last time we were on the air cases like uh, Chicago uh, that likely swung the vote for Kennedy. Yeah. Those are cases in which it was dispositive, and that undermines democracy. And so we need to be more vigilant uh, regarding voter fraud and not just dismiss it out of hand. And the more technology we have, the more <clears throat> the, the increase in the lack of oversight, as we saw in, I think it was Philadelphia, where they were, weren't letting the people in and then they let them in and they weren't close enough, that kind of thing. All of these things do impact the legitimacy of our elections. And of course, now the left says, well, you undermine our democratic process. No, you don't undermine the democratic process if you want to actually ensure that it takes place, because otherwise you rubber stamp a process like the way dictatorial systems have, where <clears throat> the communists elected their leaders falsely, right? 99% in favor of the leader. Nonsense. It's make-believe. Yeah. So that's what we need to ensure that we're not engaging in, obviously not to that level, <clears throat> but if you have enough votes to swing a vote, uh, an outcome, then it doesn't matter if it's 99% or 50.1%. And I don't think we've paid enough attention to that. Equally so, that's why conservatives generally support voter ID. The yes. notion that, no, you don't need to have ID. It's, oh, it's too hard to get ID. You need to have ID to drive. You need to have ID to go to the bank and cash a check. But somehow you don't need to have ID to go in and vote. You need to have ID to buy a gun, by the way, a Second Amendment right. But you don't need to have ID to vote, which is a constitutional right, but one not explicitly stated, one interpreted from the Constitution. So the explicit right to own a gun, according to the left, you need to have ID and plenty of other things, but you don't need ID to go vote. The inconsistency is remarkable. Well, it's the left. What can I tell you? Indeed. <laughs> as far as inconsistencies go. Chris, your thoughts on, on this. Where, where would this lead us? Uh, you know, hypothetically, if we find out that, the, that President Trump was reelected, number one, 
what do you got to do? Do you, do you have to have a revote, or, or what do we do in this case? Or does the court, is the Supreme Court going to have to make the decision that the president is a president still? Yeah, it's going to be uh, a tough decision, but it has to be made quick. And um, it brings up a, a quote. And me, I was researching this. It was by John Adams in 1798. And I want to read that quote to you. It says, we have no government armed with the power capable of contending with human passions, unbridled by morality and religion. Our Constitution was made only for a moral and religious people. It's wholly inadequate to the governance of any other. And when thinking about that quote, Dave, um, you know, we've got folks that are acting out there immorally, um, using fraud that has potentially um, desecrated our voting process, and we've got to deal with it. So we can't let this ruin our country. We can't let it go forward like this. We need Sydney to bring the evidence out. If there's some fraud out there, we need great American citizens to come out and say, hey, yeah, they did this. Or, there's so many questions in my mind. Um, uh, that all these votes came in so late, all these Biden votes came in so late. It looked like Trump had these states, and then some of this counting was stopped, and then it was restarted without observers. There's just too many questions here, and it needs to be when you have a light shined on it. Uh, we need some transparency in this, these government actions, and um, hopefully we can do it quickly. Well, as we all know, uh, light is the yeah. best antiseptic. Yeah. You know, that, that, that's no doubt. I mean, look, this, this goes up to the presidency, but it comes all the way down here now to Pulaski County. I mean, we've that's got right. problems right here in P- Pulaski County uh, that need to be addressed and need to be uh, uh, discussed, and we we got to find out. I'm going to tell you right now, if something doesn't happen, Jim Sorvillo is going to end up in front of the uh, Arkansas uh, Supreme Court over his uh, – his, uh, his state house seat that he's got right i mean this this is crazy this is a country where we're supposed to be able to move forward without having to worry about that but uh we've had instances throughout uh, our history where that's not been the case i mean uh boss tweed in new york you go down in huey long down in louisiana you come up in chicago and you got to look at, uh, of course, Mayor Daley, and there's been these have been instances that have popped up, but never with these types of charges that we're hearing from uh, from Sidney Powell. Right? She think she said, "Well, it's the fraud of the century." Yeah, man. If she's right, then bring it, show it to us. Yeah, uh, re- she did. She did say that she was worried about people's lives. That's legitimate, right? Yeah. People may die over this. People getting executed or murdered, or um, that—that's a possibility. If um, well, some people may true. commit suicide if it comes out they were involved in it. I'm, right. I'm, I'm just right. saying that could happen. I, I just, you know, how, well, you how know, does this all that, play out. Dave, an example of that, she exposed the fraud that was perpetrated on uh, former United States Senator Ted Stevens, um, his false conviction. It was overturned after he lost the election in Alaska. Right. Um, and one of those prosecutors killed himself. Yeah. In the DOJ. That That's in one of her books. I got to read some yeah, of her the, books. I, I, oh, I the two books are books. fantastic. I'll bring them to you. Yeah, she reminds me of who was the guy? Who's that guy out in Colorado? I 
I don't even know if he's around anymore. Where's the buckskin jacket? Yeah, forget oh, you name. mentioned I him all the time. Yeah, Jerry something. It seems like to me. That's yeah, Jerry. That's right. Yeah, Spence. I, yeah, Jerry Spence. That's exactly right. I mean, he's that's a, it with a G. With a G. Yeah, yeah. He's the one. He's the one who uh, took on you know some of the stuff that uh, the FBI was involved with during the Clinton years. Right. You know, and uh, well, I can't think of the guy's name now. He's from right up there in northern Texas, and they they killed his wife and stuff out there uh, in uh, what was it, Montana, I believe. And uh, and and Jerry got involved in in that. I, I just can't think of their names right now. We're going back a few years, but I've had Jerry on. Maybe we can get Sydney on. That would be interesting to talk. Oh, uh, that'd talk be huge, her. Dave. To talk that to would her, be huge. See what she has to say. All right. Let's get a break in, guys. We'll come back. We got um, we got more to talk about. There's other things that are out there. Let's talk about all the the naysayers of this president about. Oh, you're going to have a vaccine by uh, you know within a year. Uh, ha ha ha. Hey, hey, <laughs> Pfizer's getting the okay today from the FDA to bring it to the American people. Could be within the week. We'll talk more about that when we come back. Here on the Dave Ellswick Show, 1011 FM, The Answer. All right, let's get back to it here on the Dave Ellswick Show. You know, some people are going to have to eat crow, guys. Uh, Robert Steinbach here, Chris Corbett, about uh, the fun uh, that the press made uh, about uh, President uh, Trump saying that uh, Operation Warp Speed was going to, you know, produce a, a vaccine by the end of the year. Well, not only have they produced it, but it looks like they're going to get it out and start inoculating people here within the next couple of weeks. Uh, Pfizer uh, today went to the FDA and asked their approval, an emergency approval, to start uh, shipping it. And they already have uh, several million doses ready to be uh, shipped out to pharmacies and, uh, I guess, public health uh, organizations all over the United States it, it leaves a lot of people with egg on their face, doesn't it? This is even worse than the Russian collusion thing. Chris, you want to go yeah, first? Well, Hello. Yeah. Yes. Uh, go ahead, Chris. Oh, well, it's it's fantastic. You know, we've got these uh, wonderful drug companies out there. Um, I think uh, our biochemistry and our microbiology um, abilities are fantastic. Um, he's done it, and they've got an attenuated virus out there that's going to give us an inoculation and protect 95% of the citizens from this, from this virus, this awful disease that's killing and hospitalizing people. It's 95% effective. Bring it on, man. I I think it's fantastic. Yeah, I'm going to, you know, just as soon as being at my age, I should be one of the, the people that get it because I'm considered at high risk. So uh, as soon as it becomes available, and I've said this on the air for all the anti-vaxxers out there that are afraid of it, I will have myself vaccinated live right here on the air, and you can watch it on YouTube or you can listen to it on the radio and hear me cry like a baby when they stick the needle in my arm. Uh, but <laughs> ju- just so, I'm just kidding. Uh, just so you understand that there's nothing to worry about. And this is some of these are going to be like 95 percent effective. Our flu vaccines aren't even close to that. And we line up to get flu shots. That's right. 
Yeah, I believe in vaccines, Dave. Meaning, I, it, when I say I believe in vaccines, I'm saying I understand the medical science behind it, that they offer protection in many but not all instances. And there are some very, very remote risks associated with them, and they vary depending on the vaccines. But, of course, we make choices all the time uh, regarding cost-benefit. And if the benefit is high and the cost, in this case, by cost, we mean risk, right. is low, well, then you're better off in doing something. I would take a vaccine, for example, that would guarantee I never get cancer uh, if there was some point zero 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 one percent chance that I would have an adverse reaction to it and somehow get ill, particularly given that I have a family history of cancer. So there's a much higher percentage than the make-believe number that I asserted uh, that I would get cancer sometime in my life than I would suffer whatever injury might accompany uh, the vaccine if I were one of the very few unlucky people to have the reaction. That's a decision each individual needs to make, but that's, we do that all the time. You get on a plane uh, and you say, well, I understand that on occasion, planes drop out of the sky, but more often than not, they don't. And the alternative is driving where there's a greater risk. Yes. So those are the kind of risks that we balance all the time. Yeah, and and I agree wholeheartedly with with what you're saying uh, and the way that they put, you know, because people are saying, oh, look, they, they did this in just a few months. It usually takes years to do. It. Well, no, not when you use a whole new technology to do it. When you're using gene splicing uh, to make it happen. This is the, the way that they put this vaccine together is absolutely totally different than any vaccine we've ever done in the history of mankind. That's right. It's a new technology. Now they're using messenger RNA to create the vaccine. Typically, vaccines were either dead portions of a virus or a live virus that was produced in a way that it would not you would not contract the underlying disease. Now we take, and that's DNA based. This is deep into the science and I'm certainly no expert, but um, messenger RNA, which is related to DNA, but it's the blueprint for the DNA is another part of the chain of growth of a virus in the body. And so we put that in and we allow the body then to create pieces that itself reacts to and creates the immunity. All right, so I got to I got I got I got I got to yep. stop you. We're out of time. Yep. And I yep. appreciate you guys coming on and being part of the show today. But get the vaccine. It becomes available, get the shot. All right? I'm just going to say it on my air. Get the shot. All right, we continue here on the Dave Ellswick show. Matt Smith joining us, the movie mogul of Central Arkansas. The man who has uh, several movie theaters to his name, like uh, you know, Hot Springs VIP Cinema, Riverdale uh, Cinema, the uh, Cabot VIP Cinema, Searcy VIP Cinema, and then up in uh, Batesville, the Oaks VIP Cinema. All VIP because they're for very important people, and they all have a lot of the exact same things for you. 
the only thing that they might not have in one place that they have in another is whether they have, uh, you know, adult beverages to be sold uh, because there's some communities that don't allow that. Uh, most of the other communities do allow that. And uh, so go out and enjoy a movie this weekend. I'm just telling you, go out and enjoy a movie. I went last night, uh, Matt. I went out and saw Vanguard with uh, Jackie Chan and Stan and uh, uh, I'm trying to think uh, the director's name. Stanley uh, Tony, I think is his name. Uh, and he and Jackie Chan have worked many, many times uh, together and uh, Rumble in the Bronx and things of that nature. And they put together another great motion picture. It's just a fun Jackie Chan martial arts high octane adventure motion picture. It's great. So you enjoyed yourself last night. What did you think about the fan event, you know, the extras that we were able to play last night? It, it was all right. There was nothing before the movie. It all came after, and it was the director, and he had uh, he had Jackie on for just a few moments, but I thought uh, the director brought a lot of things that I, I did not realize. For instance, they filmed in five different countries uh, for this motion picture, and uh, they talked about Jackie Chan just about bit it uh, while they were making the movie. There is a scene, uh, and Tony said that uh, the scene where they did at the waterfall, which I'm not giving anything away by saying this, is a scene that he had wanted to do for years, but hadn't because it was so uh, dangerous, but that uh, Jackie Chan said, hey, yeah, I'm up for it. Let's do it. And a... Uh, uh, the skidoo that he was on pinned him underneath the water. It turned over and pinned him underneath the water. He almost drowned. You know, it was pretty close. But that's kind of like norm for these two guys when they get together and make movies because they push it. They, they, push, oh, it they push it over the edge, man. It's unbelievable what they do. <laughs> well, I'm glad you had a good time. I'm glad you enjoyed the show. Here, you can catch Vanguard. Uh, at all five locations this weekend. You know, be sure to come check that out with Jackie Chan. Big action motion picture, uh, like you said, shot in five different countries. Uh, it's definitely over the top. Oh, it's um, over the top with the action. I'm just telling you. It, it was, you, you know what to expect from Jackie Chan. Yeah, well, here's the thing that's amazing is uh, the director said, I'll keep making movies with Chan for as long as as he thinks he can do this stuff, because he does most of his own stunts. Almost yeah. every stunt that you see him do, it's him doing it. Jackie Chan is a year younger than I am. <laughs> and I watch what he... That guy is in incredible shape, evidently. Un, well, he's been doing this stuff forever. I mean, it's just amazing to watch him... Uh, on the big screen. It really is. It's it's fantastic. Uh, I thought it was interesting that the movie was dubbed. Uh, they didn't use, uh, you know, just put the, put up the, the, the stuff to read. It was dubbed. And I thought the dubbing was, was pretty doggone good. I thought it was a little choppy at the very beginning. But after that, it, they smoothed it out and it looked really good. Well, subtitles uh, are an option. But I do not think that action film fans want to read subtitles. <laughs> you're prob now, you know, you're probably Chan, right there. <laughs> if it was Jackie Chan finger painting, you know, 
in a in a one room setting uh, of an old art studio in Paris. Yeah, we might have went with the subtitles. <laughs> but uh, since this is an over the top, blow them out, shoot them up, kung fu fighting action chase movie. Uh, no, no subtitles. We didn't I, go with that option. I got to tell you, I don't think any time in, in that I'm alive and going to the movies will we ever see uh, Jackie Chan uh, play Monet. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I just, I just, if he does, we'll go with subtitles. But at this point, no. Leave that out. It's, it is a great movie. I mean, you will not be disappointed in the action and uh, that they went over the top. When you get to the end of this movie, I can tell you, they are over the top. It's amazing. They end up in Dubai. What a great place to shoot movies at. I'm glad you came out. Glad you enjoyed it. That's wonderful. That's one of our new films this week. Uh, we also have new this week, Buddy Games, uh, which is um, a raunchy comedy along the lines of um, a jackass film. Okay. <laughs> kind of prankster vibe feel to it. Uh, that is new today. And we also have new today, The Last Vermeer with Guy Pierce. And this movie is set in uh, Paris right after World War II. Want to see uh, it. And he is trying to recover artwork from some Nazis uh, or, or from some people who collaborate with Nazis. They're trying to recover all the stolen artwork there at the end of World War II in France. Uh, that's the last premiere. That's new today. The Santa Claus with Tim Allen has been reissued this week back in theaters. Uh, we are still playing Freaky, which was number one at the box office last weekend with Vince Vaughn. What a fun movie. Of course, uh, Let Him Go with Kevin Costner is still on the screen. Uh, we are still playing the movie Come Play uh, from Focus Features. Uh, that was also a big hit. Uh, Love and Monsters, still playing that motion picture. People are enjoying that when They're coming out to see it. And you can catch um, all of those movies at all five locations. Uh, also at Riverdale, we have um, Echo Boomers, which is a heist robbery film, uh, which was written by an Arkansan native, uh, Echo Boomers, there at um, Riverdale 10. Uh, Spell, still on the screen at Riverdale 10. We are playing Ron Howard's Hillbilly Elegy, also at Riverdale 10. Be sure to check that out, Riverdale10.com. Uh, you know, if you are in uh, Searcy, it's SearcyCinema.com. And, of course, in Cersei, we've got Buddy Games, Vanguard, Freaky, Let Him Go, Come Play, Loving Monsters. Cersei is still playing The Empty Man, and we still have the Robert De Niro film, War with Grandpa. That's at CerseiCinema.com. And if you go to all the locations, check out the luxury leather electric recliners with tables and reserved seating. We've got full food menus at the cinemas. And, of course, uh, in Hot Springs, Cabot, and Little Rock, we serve beer and wine. Um, down in Hot Springs, you can catch all those films that I mentioned, as well as Honesty from Liam Neeson, and also playing After We Collided. That's hotspringsvip.com. Be sure to check that out. Dave was in Cabot last night at his that's hometown. Where I, that's where I love to go to the movies at. <laughs> Cabot, VIPCinema.com, and be sure to stop by there and check that out. All those movies are on the screen. And, of course, uh, we have uh, Batesville. That's OaksVIPCinema.com in Batesville, OaksVIPCinema.com. So be sure to check out those features. And, of course, uh, Wednesday we have the new movie Crudes, 
The New Age, which is PG, brand new to theaters on Wednesday, will have that film. And we will also be bringing back Frozen for the Thanksgiving holiday, the original Frozen next week. So that'll be back in theater, so you can check that out. Yeah, I know I'm going to have several of my uh, grandchildren in uh, over the holiday, and I'm thinking about taking them to see The Croods. I love the first one. I thought the first movie was hilarious. I hope that the second one is as funny as the first one was. Yes, animated PG, brand new from Universal, starts on the 25th. And yes, we will be open for Thanksgiving. All right. So be sure to check that out. Well, that's one of the big times people go to the movies as well as Christmas Day. I mean, yes. people go to the movies on those days. And so some people are going to give up their holiday time so that the movie theater is open so that you can go to the theaters. I wanted to ask you a question because uh, It's a Wonderful Life is coming up on the 8th of December. And I, I went on the, the Riverdale 10 website looking at how many seats we have remaining, and we don't have a lot. Uh, a lot of people are coming to this movie. Now, when you buy your seats, does the the protocol jump in for COVID-19 so that there's a six-foot thing that you got going on? I yes, mean, yes. You can set with your family group, but people won't be around you. So when you buy your tickets, the seats to the left or right of you are blocked off automatically. So keep that in mind. That means, you know, that movie's going to sell out. There's no doubt it's going to sell out. We're still... You know, further than we're almost three weeks out from the movie being shown. And people love It's a Wonderful Life. It's one of the great Christmas classics of, of all time. It was hated when it first came out, but now everybody loves it. <laughs> Nobody liked it. They said, what a what a downer of a movie for Christmas. You know what I'm saying? And, uh, and, and, and I guess it is in a sense, except that... When you look at the overriding themes of the movie, they're uplifting. It's only $5. Uh, It's at 7 o'clock. It's Tuesday night, December the 8th. The tickets are on sale at Riverdale10.com. Be sure to buy your ticket in advance so you can reserve it with uh, your family members. Riverdale10.com. It's a wonderful life. 7 o'clock, December the 8th. Tickets only $5. You can check them out. They're on sale right now. Yeah, it's going to be... It's not going to be. It is a a great movie. I mean, we already know that. And right after we show uh, It's a Wonderful Life, we will put up the tickets for you to be able to buy to go see, uh, of course, uh, the great Civil War movie that we show every January. You know? You know, tell them what what we're going to show. Back again on the big screen, Gone with the Wind. That's right. I mean, if you've never seen Gone with the Wind on the big screen, you've never seen Gone with the Wind. I don't mind saying that because it's like Patton. If you've only seen Patton on a small screen, you've never seen the movie Patton before. Tuesday, January the 12th, 7 p.m., Gone with the Wind. I'm just telling you, you've got to see that one. You got to see that. We're going to have other movies uh, this next year as well. I've got a few that I'm going to send to to uh, uh, Matt uh, that are a little bit different than we've done, but we're going to have our classic classics. I can guarantee you we will show Casablanca next year. I can guarantee you we will show uh, uh, The Wizard of Oz again next year. Those are those are movies we show every year because they need to be shown 
every year. Matt Smith, go ahead, Matt. People love those films. They yeah, love those yeah. films. People are coming out for Casablanca. They're coming out for Wizard of Oz. They're coming out for Gone with the Wind. Uh, I tell you something people always want to see is The Godfather. Yep. And, you know, I, at, at some point, I'm not saying it's got to be next year, but at some point we've got to bring Blazing Saddles back. I'm already looking at having it on next year as good, my, good. As my, my First that. Amendment night uh, at the movie theater. With that said, let's take a break. We'll come back and finish up with uh, Matt Smith, the movie mogul of Central Arkansas. All right, let's think about Hot Springs VIP Cinema, Riverdale 10 VIP Cinema, uh, Cabot VIP Cinema, Searcy VIP Cinema, the Oaks VIP Cinema up in Batesville. They're all his uh, cinemas. We'll talk about movies that are going to be there and specials that you can take part in as well as we come back for the Dave Ellswick Show. Final segment of the uh, Dave Ellswick Show for this week, for this show uh, today on a Friday. And Matt Smith always finishes up us up on the, on a Friday. And he's told you the three new movies that are opening this weekend. I'm going to have him run over them again because they're showing in all of his locations. So go ahead, Matt. Bring everybody up so that they can – because there's three different movies – they they play to three different audiences. There's something there for everybody. Vanguard new Jackie Chan action film out today. Uh, it is it is definitely over the top. Shot in five different countries. I know you watched it last night. Very enjoyable. He's reunited with his uh, favorite director. This is a nice film they've made together. Uh, think Rumble in the Bronx or Super Cop for this one. Vanguard really good action picture. We've got a raunchy goofball comedy called Buddy Games, and it's along the lines of something you would see from the Jackass film series. It is goofy. <laughs> Bunch of guys grew up together, uh, used to play all these pranks and different games to decide the winner um, and, and do these things with each other, and now they are reuniting as adults to do it again. So goofball comedy there in the form of Buddy Games. And then we have a drama uh, with Guy Pierce starring called The Last Vermeer. It is set in Paris uh, and in France just right after World War II has ended, and he is working to help recover uh, rare artwork and paintings uh, that the Nazis have looted throughout Europe. So three very, very different, very good new movies for you to check out this weekend. Still playing Freaky with Vince Vaughn. Uh, We still have Let Him Go with Kevin Costner. Uh, The War with Grandpa with Robert De Niro. And, of course, Honest Thief of Liam Neeson. Those are all still on the screen. Uh, at Riverdale 10, that's Riverdale10.com, we've got a movie called Echo Boomers, which was written and uh, shot by a local Arkansan. Uh, big write-up in days, Arkansas Democrat Gazette, about that film. Riverdale10.com for that movie. Uh, all the other movies are playing at all five locations. Catch us in Cersei at CerseiCinema.com. Cabot is CabotVIPCinema.com. Hot Springs is HotSpringsVIP.com. And, of course, in Batesville, we are OaksVIPCinema.com. Or, hey, you can just go to Riverdale 10 and click Theaters. Right there, that little Theaters icon at Riverdale10.com, they'll all pop up. Of course, we feature luxury leather electric recliners with tables and reserved seating in all the cinemas. And in Hot Springs, Little Rock, and Cabot, we do serve beer and wine. All five locations have full food menus. Uh, classic movies, always $5, all seats all the time. Our classic movie this weekend is The Santa Claus with Tim Allen. Be sure to check that out. Of course, every Wednesday night, everybody that buys a movie ticket gets a free bag of popcorn. 
Uh, we will be open on Thanksgiving. Don't forget that. Uh, the new movie, Crudes, the new age, PG, animated film for Universal, starts next Wednesday, November 25th. And, uh, of course, remember, on Tuesday nights, everybody gets in for $5 for all movies, including the new ones. Just $5 tickets on Tuesday. Yeah, I, I, I'm looking forward to the Crudes because it looks like there's a little time travel and the Crudes come into uh, the future, which is today, and you look at, we really haven't changed that much from prehistoric times to, uh, uh, to, to current times. Looks like it's going to be a fun movie. It's going to be a great movie. Got some other cool stuff coming up. Got a movie called Half Brothers. It starts December the 4th. And, of course, we have Tom Hanks and News of the World on Christmas Day. And I am sure a movie that Dave will enjoy, Monster Hunter, starts on Christmas yeah, baby. Day as well. <laughs> I'm going to go see that one. I definitely want to see that. Played the game. Got to see the movie. And uh, got one of my favorite actresses in it as well. You know, she's moved on from, uh, how can how we say, Raccoon City to <laughs> to another another dimension to take on monsters. And, of course, Wonder Woman uh, is coming up over the near holidays as uh, as well. So, uh, you know, look, I, I, I know people know that, hey, Wonder Woman, they're already saying, was it Warners that did Wonder Woman? Is that who did it? Warner Brothers, yes. Yeah, and they're going to put it on... Uh, on HBO Max uh, as well, but here's key. Number one, I know there's going to be an additional charge for that. I, I just can't see them not having an additional charge. And number two, it ain't the movie screen. I'm just telling you, that's a movie. You got to see it in the movie theater with the super sound system and and with the uh, with the big, 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 big screen. I don't care how big your your TV is at home. It's a fraction of the size of a movie screen. Well, what what's what's sad? What's sad is um, you know the people that live in uh, Michigan, Illinois, New Mexico. Yeah, New there's York, no movie theaters California. open. Yeah, California. They won't have a chance. They don't have a chance to go to the movies uh, at at a movie theater. You know, when you're when your governor's a communist, uh, it is hard <laughs> to do anything. So uh, you know, if you're in, if you're in California, New Mexico, Michigan. Uh, Illinois, New York, you can't go to a movie theater. So uh, there, there just there is no option there. Uh, luckily, mm-hmm. in Arkansas uh, and a lot of other states now, uh, movie theaters are open. Movie theaters are showing movies. Fifty uh, percent of the movie theaters in the United States are open, um, which sadly means half the movie theaters in the United States are still closed. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It is it is it is very unfortunate. I'm glad Warner Brothers uh, has the backbone and the uh, intestinal fortitude to put the movie in movie theaters, um, you know, where movie theaters are open. Yeah. I think that's a wonderful thing. Yeah, I'm all about that. Let me ask this question, because I saw saw it at the end of the uh, Jackie Chan movie, and something was on the screen that I had never seen before, and evidently... Uh, this movie is being presented in IMAX as well, but it's IMAX 4D. Now, I know about what 3D is, but what is 4D? You know, that is probably a version. Uh, what they're talking about that is a version of what they do in a lot of um, those cinemas in China uh-huh. where the seats rattle and move and shake and jump around. Ah. And- spray water on you and things like that. Uh, you see that in a lot of IMAX screens in China and Japan and South Korea. 
uh, something you would find, uh, you know, in and, a seat in Disney World. Yeah, or Universal Cities or something, yeah. Yeah, it's it's not um, not something the moviegoer in America is looking for. <laughs> you know? Right. Um, there's a lot of movies released in 3D uh, in those foreign markets that don't get a 3D release in the United States. Um, Interesting. I, 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 I don't understand the appetite for it. But there's an extreme appetite for 3D uh, in Japan, China, South Korea. I don't know. I don't think 3D works for a lot of movies. I agree. All right. We're out of time, Matt Smith. Thank you for being part of the Dave Ellswick Show. We will talk to you a week from today because next Friday it's Thanksgiving and we won't be here. Have a good one. Thank All right. you. I'll be on. I'll be at the theater seeing the crude on on Friday next week. All right, with a break until uh, Monday at six a.m. The Dave Ellswick Show. Have a great night.